Social Media for a New Age, here to help you explore the world of social media and be present with what's happening personally, professionally and collectively in this rapidly changing world. Busy with success but feeling stressed? Maybe it's screen fatigue. Hello, it's Katie here and I've decided to start riffing into the mic about topics that I would be writing on and then turning that into the articles. Creates a, an easier way for me to create. I'm doing these articles every couple of weeks and I am busy, busy with client work, busy with projects. There's a lot to say, there's a lot to do and I'm very much about working in seasons and cycles and I've had a quiet cycle for the last few years. I mean we all did in different ways through lockdown and the changes that have been happening in that um, inward time. But this summer has, for many of us, I think, seen a big increase in being out in the world, mixing with one another, working with one another. And for me personally, yeah, projects have just dropped into my lap in many ways that have just been so brilliant. I've been really blessed, you know, and I I also have worked hard to get to a place where I can be blessed with such projects. But having the opportunity to work with Glastonbury Festival, running the social media for The Common there over this summer. Then I've also been working with Rebecca Campbell, helping her with systems and strategies and social media as a whole for her in her business. And I'm working with Diana Cooper and Diana's just gone viral in the last sort of two or three months. Um, Particularly her Instagram has grown by about 25,000 and she's been going like her reels have been getting like three, four hundred thousand views and And then I've got many other amazing clients and people that I'm connected with and having sessions with. And yeah, I mean, it's been wonderful, but it has meant a lot of screen time for me. What I've noticed as well is it's meant working on like big accounts with big numbers and then helping to create content that performs well in those spaces I get a massive dopamine hit and it's crept up on me a bit this summer. I'd started to notice creeping in, but my bad habits have got a little bit out of, not out of control, maybe a little bit out of control, to be honest. Really noticing I'm picking my phone up a lot. I'm hopping from app to app to app and I'm, I'm hunting for dopamine. I mean, I've been open about this before. I love a bit of dopamine. I think we all do. Our bodies do. But I'm noticing edges at this point of feeling uncomfortable. And over the weekend, I tried to take two or three days off. I tried to take that time off and away from my screen. I had my phone in Do Not Disturb. I was outside with the phone inside, like following the advice that I give that I've learned through doing my digital well-being diploma and training and and how the body works, how the brain works, how we create space from our mobile device in order to unhook from it. But I think I've just built, because I've been on it so much, 
with work, for work, because I've had to be, because things have been doing well, I've been getting that dopamine, I can notice I'm hopping to my clients' accounts. In my rational brain, it's to check that the content is performing and it's gone out properly and there are no mistakes. You know, I am in charge, so I need to, you know, I love to do a good job. I I love to get results for my clients. But there's an edge in that of addiction to the the buzz that I get when I see that happening. I've definitely been overstepping my own boundaries around my device use and noticing these patterns coming up. And this was actually a reason I stopped managing accounts for a while and went off and studied and, and tried to reassess my relationship with my device because I noticed I was using it to pacify myself. I was using it to numb out. I was using it to entertain. I was using it to, especially like when I was traveling by myself and also, and then we had lockdown, like I was, I used it to for company. But what I notice is like, I can see my eyes look tired um, and I'm sleeping, you know, I am exercising, I am doing all of the things that I normally do to keep myself healthy. And yeah, I look tired, my eyes look tired, and I get this feeling in my solar plexus, in my stomach, that gets quite tight. And there's also like a, a slight like on my breath, there's like a, a slight sort of hyper, yeah, height of breath, it's all at the top. And I'm, I'm breathing at the top rather than breathing in my belly. It's like a shallow top breath. So I really noticed these changes in my body. And I said they've been creeping up on me. And I have been also like making an effort around it, particularly in the last two or three weeks. But I'm also struggling with that. I noticed this afternoon... I'd gone inside because I'd thought of something. I needed to get something on Amazon. And, you know, the phone's back in your hand. You're back on there. The next thing I know, I'm in Telegram. I'm in Instagram. I'm in this. I'm in that. And I'm like, I'm doing it again. And I don't want to be doing it. And so, you know, that's me as a conscious, aware adult who admittedly has, you know, has I have a problem with it because it's it's part of my work. And so it affects me because I'm on it a lot. I mean, these are, it's a hook method. It's designed to hook into our hormones and our minds and our attention. It's designed that way. And so of course it's going to hack me as well, even though I'm aware of it. I read a report this week that was about teens, social media and technology in 2022 from the Pew Research Centre. And they had yeah, done a survey of American teens. And what some really inf- interesting information in there is that 13 to 17 year olds find TikTok um, and 67% of them say they've used it with 16% of them saying that they use it almost constantly. So let that sink in of the 67% of teens that are using TikTok, 16% of them are using it all the time. And YouTube was also really popular. So clearly the video format with teens is um, big, which is interesting 
after Instagram tried to change to being like TikTok and being all about video. They've been very clear about saying video is the direction everything's going in. But what I'm hearing from my contemporaries and those of maybe a slightly older demographic, we want the peace and quiet. We want the pictures. We don't just want like full screen video in our faces all the time. Yet that's what the next generation are used to. And I've got an article that I just um, put out a couple of weeks ago about TikTok and what I think about TikTok and, you know, the connection to the Chinese Communist Party and all of those parts that we need to be really concerned about. And the fact that 67% of US teens are on that platform and they it means that they are open to manipulation And that is a problem. And it also, because of what it's doing to our brains and bodies, it means they're also open to their brains not developing. They're still teenagers. If they're just looking at short form video content that's doing, I'm not even on TikTok. This is just like Instagram and other screens. But if you've got 16% who are on almost constantly, that's a real concern. And so with YouTube, yeah, US teens, 95% of US teens use YouTube and 19% almost constantly visit or use the app or this site. So that's even more than TikTok. And who's to say they're not bouncing between YouTube and TikTok? So 20% of 95%, 95% of teens in the US surveyed YouTube and 19% of them are using it almost constantly. They're really big numbers, like really big. And so I am worried about this. I'm I'm worried about it um, on multitude of levels, on a physiological level, on a what it means for them and what it means for society and culture and just all of the things. That's not to say social media, YouTube even TikTok used in moderation is not good. Like I do think there are really good things about social media. Obviously I work in it. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't, but there are some real issues and our digital well-being, although no one seems to really understand what digital well-being means. Interestingly, I've, I've really noticed this. I've been writing and more articles and things for the Metro and for the Telegraph and and various media. And I've been reading the comments on some of those things and everyone's just like, what is a digital wellbeing coach? And through the organisation that I trained with, Consciously Digital, I was having a catch up with one of my fellow students just this week. And we were talking about the fact that no one understands what a digital wellbeing coach is. And it's not a term that just seems to people seem to resonate with or click with or understand. So it's like, how do we frame this really important work in a way that people will want to engage with it? Like I notice often if I post about some of this stuff, it doesn't people don't don't want to engage with it. Yet when I was at Boomtown Festival I did a workshop and yeah, I had smaller numbers at my workshop than the yoga and breath work. But equally, I think it's a topic that's difficult for for people because we've all got 
I think, an unhealthy relationship with our mobile devices, whether we want to own up to it or not. You know, we have unhealthy relationships with all sorts of things. As human beings, we've always there's always an opportunity for excess isn't there and and what and mobile devices do is they encourage instant gratification because again that's what's profitable for our big tech corporations and so they encourage it through gamification through variable reward through reward through manipulation through all sorts of things through behavior change through the fact that they know so much about us through their own surveillance of all the data that they have on us that they're able to to manipulate and nudge us in certain directions. It's a really powerful tool and I just think that we do need to have a big red alert, red flashing sign on things that sort of say danger, danger, particularly when we go to excess. So the fact that 20% pretty much of US teens or thereabouts are constantly on YouTube kind of says to me that you've probably got, yeah, that that amount who are constantly on social media all the time. And it's probably not just the USA. So sobering facts for us to think about. And um, yeah, that's what I wanted to speak into. And I will keep you posted on how I get on with my own process in due course. Yeah, if you're interested in talking about this, writing about this, sharing about this, leave a comment, get in touch. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, please think about subscribing and sharing it with your friends. I produce these for free as part of my service work and also for sharing my thoughts and feelings about social media with you. If you'd like to find more information about social media for a new age or about me, Katie Brockhurst, your author and host, you can go to my website, socialmediaforanewage.com or buy my books, Social Media for a New Age 1, 2 and 3 are a series designed to support you on your journey with social media and with digital well-being.